Which next step is the best fit for your future? What can you do to accelerate your professional development? And how should you navigate different workplace challenges? I'm Kyle Gantos, and our team is on a mission to crowdsource insights, best practices, and action plans from accomplished peers, all who began their career in Big Four, to help guide you wherever you want to grow. Welcome to another episode of So You Started in Big Four. My name is Kyle Gantos. I did not start in Big Four, but fortunately, I am joined by two uh, really awesome human beings with a lot of great perspective who did. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about the value of wearing different hats. Uh, and that can mean a lot of different things as we'll dive into and and how perspective makes you a better problem solver. And um, it's great to have both of you back. Uh, Megan, how are you today? I'm great. Great. Um, maybe real quick, just to to put you on the spot, what are some different hats that you've worn over the course of your career, both in and outside of work? Ooh, well, consultant, um, big four auditor. So there's that. I've been a manager. I've been a leader. I've been a mom, a friend. A lot of different, a lot of different hats. I could go on a list, yeah. but those feel like very top no. for me. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're definitely qualified to be on this episode. And, uh, <laughs> and we're glad to have you. How about you, Jonathan? Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, friend threw me off guard there. I was not expecting to hear that one. And so I would not have come up with that one on my own, but, uh, different hats worn, uh, teacher. Then there was tax, uh, not consultant, but tax. It's easy to say auditor and then tax it's, I don't know, you're a tax associate, senior associate, um, and then auditor. And then now consultant manager. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you said this, but you're also both coaches, coaches, uh, coaches, and, uh, at least for for me, it, you know, advisors in a different capacity, uh, you know, friends as well. But uh, again, I, I think, you know, we all wear a lot of different hats. And so I um, want to talk a little bit about the importance of that. But maybe just to, to again, put you both on the spot here. Can you think of some times throughout your career where, you know, maybe if you rewind, you had, you went into a situation with a certain type of perspective and then maybe you fast forward a week later, a year later, five years later, you look back on it and you're in a totally different, you know, same situation, but a completely different lens. What are some things that maybe come to mind for each of you? I, I would say, let's go, let's talk about like big four. I think when you're in it, um, it just feels like it's never ending in this whole grind. And I think now that I'm years removed, I've, I've sat in different shoes. I've honestly helped, you know, auditors and I've helped people in industry. Um, you just see it in a different perspective of like, it's this whole career progression, right? And not just whenever you're up 24 hours a day and you're trying to hit this one deadline, you don't see the big picture. You're just focusing on the, the micro level and not the macro level. And I think, the ability as I've gone through and helped different clients and kind of lived through that season and then moved on to other things, I look back and think like, wow, I could have taken a breath a few more times back then. And it wasn't life or death. Um, but at the time it felt like it. What is it? So you, I, you, you caught me with the, the, like the micro viewpoint and then the macro viewpoint. Pick, can you give me a situation from audit, like a, like a day-to-day some type of scenario that you might've found yourself in? Sure. Micro, like you have an audit filing tomorrow and you know, this work paper has to be absolutely perfect. It's got to be color coded the right way in the right font, which just sounds so silly, but everything has to be right. Right. Cause your, your manager's going to review it. And at the end of the day, if the financial statements are not materially misstated, 
everything's really going to be okay and it's still going to file and the client's going to get their audit report. And that's the more macro level, right? Is understanding that you did all the hard work leading up to this. And these are just dotting the I's crossing the T's. But when you, when you go back to you as the auditor, what are, I mean, what, what's going through your mind when you're in that situation? It's just like, don't mess up. Is it, I got to get this done and like just feeling the anxiety of deadlines? What, yes, what anxiety of deadlines. I think um, the feeling that honestly, if you don't get this done, it's all going to collapse, which is hysterical because it's not <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I wasn't that important, but I felt that important back then, right? There's just this level of pressure that it, that with deadlines and audit reports and SEC and, and all those things that come with it, you just feel this pressure that everything you do is is very important, which it is, but taking a step back and saying, hey, actually, this is going to get done. Do your best work to the best of your ability. Um, and ultimately, the audit report will go out. <laughs> now, and either of you on this, so let's, I'm just going to maybe rotate over to another lens, which would be maybe your manager yeah. at, at the time, right? Both of you have since been in role, you know, that exact role or something very, very similar. In that same situation, what what maybe did you come to, or what what are you thinking then, wearing a different hat in the same situation? It's interesting, as as I've become a manager, what I think the main shift that I went through was this. I looked at everybody else through the lens of what my expectations for them were, and it was things like that that I just. It's like, okay, somebody didn't color code something. I expected that. That's normal for somebody to have like not done that. That's fine. And like, takes me all of two seconds to go in and like highlight that cell and then change it to the color it's supposed to be. And then just like move on to the next thing. Like it's fine. It's not gonna blow everything up, like make it like that big of a deal. I generally speaking go through from a managerial perspective, reviewing people's work, looking for, all right, like, Let's try it. Let's see what the person's thought process was. Like, how did they get from point A to point B? And was their logic sound? If their logic was sound and I can follow what's going on in there, then it's like, okay, yeah, like this looks generally speaking good. You know, you could get into the, you know, green M&Ms portion of everything where it's like, well, if you didn't do this, then did you not do that? But I don't know, that gets, that gets you know, to your point, very minute and very OCD. And I'm just... As a manager, that's just not the way that I'm going to look at things. So it's a th then, you know, that's a, those are two very different, I think, mindsets and how you might approach. I mean, you're working together on the same thing, but even that, even before we go to even another lens, it seems like there's a vast difference between those two. And I'm wondering, does did did that perspective? change immediately when you went into the managerial role or did it happen somewhere before then? No, I had always kind of, I'd always looked at things like that. The primary place where I got it from was I had some bad managers over the course of my life. I've had some really good ones, but I've also experienced some really bad ones. And I remember during one of my first internships that I had had, I had, ha I had had a really bad manager in a different, I was working two jobs at the time. And so I had a different job and I was experiencing a really bad manager in this other job that I had had. And I was talking to the manager that I had at my internship and he just was like, and now you know what, not, what manager you, you should not be. 
at the end of the day. It was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And that's, there are things like that that I've gone through and it's, you take good pieces from good managers, like what makes these managers so good? Like, what is it that they make me feel in these moments from these good managers? And then what are the bad things that I experienced in those other roles? So don't do these, do these things. And then over time you develop that. And I think it's a natural progression as like you move up through there. When I was a senior, as a senior, you start reviewing associates work. So you start to get that experience of what I had just talked about at the role of being a senior associate because you're held as responsible for what the associate's work is. And you kind of start, and then what I've always just found is just by starting out, having an honest conversation with somebody, getting to know them and understand like, what's your background, what's your experience in this? So as a senior associate, sometimes you get an associate, they're just out of college. They don't, they don't know how, they, they've only read about what some of these things are, but they have no real life concept of what it is that's going on. And so then it's, okay, my expectations for you are entirely different than an associate who's about to be promoted to senior associate. And okay, this person, I feel comfortable giving them much larger chunks of things because they've seen all this stuff and they can do those things. And then, okay, if you start to, you know, if all of a sudden that becomes a problem, okay, then we scale back and then we, you know, like we tune it into what you're comfortable with and what the amount of work that I'm comfortable giving to you. But I see that as being something that you experience progressively throughout, like once you hit manager, to a certain extent, your managerial style's already there in place. It's just a question of what are the expectations around your role? Like now the expectations around your role are that you are managing people rather than where it was before where it's, well, the expectations are that you're doing the work and you're managing some of the associates, but now it's, you're full on just managing people. How, there seems to, you know, you mentioned earlier, you've had some really great managers and then you've had some others that maybe you learned and you might, might do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's once we uncover a new perspective, I, you know, it's almost like immediately you see the world in a slightly different way, but having been on the other side of it and maybe been like young and hungry and I just didn't know what I didn't know, you know, you, you don't know that when you're going through it. So, you know, we're all at different ends of the spectrum. And I've, I've even been in situations where one day I woke up and I, I saw the world this way and I couldn't even understand people who couldn't see that way. And then a year later, one little thing in my life changes. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I get why that is a tough situation to be in. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we're all trying to work with each other all the time. And and it, the, you both, to me, sound like you've had so many reps of working with people. Uh, and we can get into even, you know, the, the world of becoming a parent and how that opens up a whole new dimension. But do you, have, have you been in some situations where you look at how something's being done and, and somewhere inside of you is like, that's not the that's not the right move or there's there's something that's missing from that and i guess how do you how do you deal with that now knowing what you know and how much different is that from when when you were that person and you just didn't know i mean essentially like two two versions of yourself how do they I don't even know what my question is, right? but, 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 but there's something. It's okay. There. We'll Maybe figure it out together. <laughs> Please. What I think you're asking is if I were sitting in a, a, a seat and I was watching someone do something incorrectly and I had an opinion that, hey, you're doing this in 
you know, a way that I would not do. But now looking at it from a different lens, maybe I've sat in their shoes now, mm. and now I understand why they did what they did. I'm assuming that's kind of where your question's headed. And I can give you an example of, I've sat in that shoes, for example, as a consultant, and I've watched leaders that have been, you know, directors, managing directors, things on my job, where I felt like almost I was on an island, you know, to some degree, and I felt that they weren't dedicating the time to me that I felt like I needed on the job, and I felt like that was their job, right? Like when you're an associate, senior associate, you think that that's their whole purpose is to help you succeed on this job. I have now sat in leadership roles um, and sat in those seats, and I understand. I think I walked into this meeting five minutes late, um, not intentionally. I love to be on time, but my time is spread a little thin, and I'm kind of juggling a lot of things. And so now I fully understand why someone sitting in that seat may be so intentional of trying to give you their time and focus, but they're being pulled and have so many other things going on. And as an associate, I don't think I could see that. Um, and I think the beauty of things like this is you're giving people perspective that they can't see until they hear it verbatim. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, again, in the moment you you don't know, is there anything that, you know, or to what extent is it just your need reps and you need something to change for you to fully appreciate it? And then to what extent can you maybe proactively as a habit uncover that perspective to help you make more informed decisions earlier in your career? I think there's a question. I think reps is important, but it's it's the question of the quality of the reps that you're getting. So there always is the saying, practice makes perfect, but when I've heard it tweaked, it's made more sense, which is practice makes permanent. So if you practice incorrectly over and over and over again, you're going to continue to do things incorrectly versus if you start practicing things correctly, then you start to move in this direction. So what does that look like when you're out on a job as an associate doing things in that way? There's a saying that we have internally, which is assume positive intent. So in so many of those situations where it's like as an associate, as a senior associate, as a manager, senior manager, all of us being out on jobs, you know, we're going through things and we might experience something. It's, it's you know, if somebody doesn't get back to us, if somebody isn't, so it's, if we don't get something that it is that we need out of a situation, then the question is, okay, how do I communicate to this person that this is maybe of high like high importance that things need to shift around or how do I be respectful of this person's time? And so much of that is through trial and error, but there has to be an intentionality behind that trial and error. It's, I'm gonna try these things with the, with the automatic assumption that this stuff probably won't work. Like, I'm gonna try communicating with this person saying it this way, that's probably going to fall through. Okay, so we try it again and we try it again until we get to the point when it's like, okay, we found what it is that works and I'm going to keep doing that thing that works with that particular person. But then you're going to get a different person on your next job. So now you're going to have to start the process all over again. How does this person like to be communicated? Are they communicating through Slack? Are they communicating through email? Do they prefer that you text, call? What? How does this person want to be talked to in order to signify that there's a high level of importance in this? Sometimes people are willing to tell you that. Sometimes you gotta go out and you gotta figure it out for yourself, but that's fine. Like you've gone through that process before and then you just keep doing that and you brought in your perspective of what that, 
what that practice is, what that what those repetitions look like. It's not always like, oh, well, I did this one work paper 50,000 times, so now I'm great at this one work paper. It's I did this process and I've done that process a ton of times. And so now I'm good at this process. I think each iteration of what you're talking about is lends itself to its own perspective you know even within like i tried this it didn't work let me try something else that that's perspective but then there's you know there it seems to me there's also um you know how if you are an associate or a senior and you know you're you're looking back now as uh you know a director a market leader right is there anything that that associate or senior could do to think, ask questions, do somehow, some way, uncover some of that macro stuff when it's, you know, it's, it's probably less likely to happen just for all the dynamics we talked about earlier. But is there anything that could be done to graduate to that macro point of view faster? Yeah, I think it's a simple, like, asking the question, why? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Um, and getting to that overwhelming answer, right? And, and thinking past just the immediate, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to, it's like, okay, well, why? Is there an, is there a report that's going out? Are we meeting a KPI? Like what, what is the end result, which can give you, again, that broader view. So in the kids version of, you know, I've got a four-year-old, it's the constant question, like, why? Well, why? <laughs> so they want to get to the root. Like you've got to keep going until you understand like what is the ultimate objective that I'm trying to get. And then that's how you can focus your lens on like, okay, if that's the real objective, how do I do the current task at hand? How does that fit in? I'm curious, what what have you learned from your teaching lessons with your four-year-old? Like, have you learned anything that can, ex can you tell where they want to go and based on previous iterations of that why 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 ah this is what they were finally satisfied with has that taught you anything on how you can offer that information sooner in the process to get them there sometimes um sometimes it's just the question um but there are times where my my, my daughter's trying to to really just understand right the process and so the first thing you may answer is because well, i don't know um you can't have that for dinner well why because it's not time well why and then i'm like because your tummy will hurt oh okay that's more logical like if you just say no it's like well that's not a good enough excuse um so you got to give them something else and they're like oh yeah i really don't want that to happen um so to be fair i've changed my communication style with her where normally i try to give her context and help her to understand instead of just saying no it's not the right time i try to give her something that she's going to comprehend and say oh yeah i'm not i don't want that to happen when you go into the office and you're working with your team or with clients is it almost the, can you, do you see things almost the exact same way, even though it's just a, a different size human being? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it goes back right to like expectations. I, I try to put myself in those, that person's shoes. Like, what do they need to know from me to be successful in this moment? And normally it's open communication, transparency, being direct, concise, all of those things. Same things that you gotta do with your kids. Can't just say no, it's like, okay, give me the the root of the reason that we're talking about and it gives them knowledge to help them come to the conclusion that, that you're trying to provide, right? Giving them a, the real answer. What are the ingredients required 
if you're sitting on both sides of that, you're asking why because you're wanting to understand something and then maybe you have wisdom and you're trying to communicate that to, to the other person. What are the ingredients that are required from both of you in order to make that a more successful outcome? Uh, you know, in other words, a better manager employee experience versus, you know, what are maybe some of the things that prevent that from happening? I'm happy to say, which we're talking about it now, but a little bit of perspective, like opening up your mind and and trying to see it from a different point of view. If I'm the one asking why, right? It's like being open to whatever advice that person's about to give you or whatever answer it may be is, is just kind of opening your your thought process, your mindset and being open to, to what's being processed. I think from a managerial point of, point of view is when somebody comes to me with a question, it's generally speaking that they're seeking some sort of knowledge. And then that brings me over to when my, with what my experience was as a teacher or learning how to teach. And this concept of the way teaching works its best is when somebody discovers something for themselves. So there's this component to everything that's understanding to a certain extent to be forgiving on yourself when you don't think of all the 50 million things and give them all the 50 million things to start off with, but understanding like, here's what the key important parts are. There you go. Now, what questions do you have? And of course, they're going to come back to you with questions because they're going to try to solve this problem in a way that makes sense to them and following them down that path of, okay, well, this is these are the different bits of context that you need to know in order for you to do your job well and understanding that just because I come at things and I think about things in one particular way, which I generally like to give people a disclaimer before I tell them, here's how I typically learn things. So here's how I explain them. And then for them to come back at me and say, okay, well, I need to know these things in order to be able to get there. Great. Okay. Those are the things that I missed. And that's you telling me what your needs are in order for you to get there. And once you've asked these questions of me, you feel like you've discovered that for yourself. So sometimes there's even intentional omissions of certain things with the intention of like them being able to come back and go, okay, well, there's these things. Of course, you know, you never like completely leave something out where it's like somebody goes over, messes everything up and then go, well, why didn't you ask? Right? Like, no, it's like there's, there's give and take in the conversation where sometimes you don't have to have all the answers or you don't have to give them all the answers right up front. And it's just like, okay, we're going to discover these things along the way. And then they feel a sense of accomplishment and they grow as a person, like during that, whether it's figuring things out about themselves or learning things about this particular situation. Now they have a brand new perspective on whatever it is that you're doing. And then now they can bring that into the next client that they work on. I think, you know, you are thinking back to early in my career, very much like you said, where it's just like, I have a job to do. I want to, I want to get it done so that I can feel good and prove to everybody I can get the job done. Right. And then, then maybe you, you know, you, your role evolves. And then now, you know, you're talking about looking at it, both of you through the lens of like, how can I figure out what this person needs to be successful and then either remove those barriers or give them some structured guidance, whatever, to get, to get to the next best version of themselves that's all happening at the office right in a professional environment i've got a question for both of you uh, when you start then you know your relationship outside of work mm -hmm. what are some things that you know you've learned in developing a, a a strong relationship on a totally different level and with a lot of different context that has made you maybe a better 
problem solver at work? The first place that somebody gave me a book and oh man, I can't remember the name of it. I'll think about it at some point, but it was talking about this concept of being inside the box and it was written by the Arbinger Institute, I think, if I remember right. I don't remember the exact name, but somebody here recommended it to me. And it talked about both things that were going on inside work and things that were going outside work simultaneously. So it was told through this story of a person who was not connecting with people at work, but they also weren't connecting with their family at home. And so it was like this gigantic mess of things. And it was, okay, well, once you started to think about things in one way and one of them, that naturally transitioned over to the other and there was give and take in both areas. I don't think that we have two completely separate, like I do think to a certain extent, we present ourselves one ways at work and a different way at home, but I don't think that that person is entirely like too like Jekyll and Hyde in the middle of that. Like there's those two people are going to work together and however it is that you are at home is however it is that you are gonna be at work and vice versa. So the things that you're learning at home are the things that you're gonna bring into work and the things that you learn at work, you're gonna bring home. So one of the biggest things that my wife and I are incredibly different people in terms of we just, we look at the world through very different lenses. We come to the same conclusion, but we look at things just completely differently. We operate in completely different sections. Like she goes to sleep way late at night. I wake up super early in the morning and go to sleep like very early. And um, she's very, um, kind of like she thrives in chaos. Like she just gravitates towards chaotic situations and wants like the most difficult, you know, like everything's all over the place and I want very rigid structure and things to be very organized. And so we just operate in completely different spheres, but that doesn't mean that I don't respect what she wants and needs. I have to meet her at what her wants and needs are and in reverse, I have to receive what my wants and needs are as well. So we both have a give and take in the middle of there. That's not, well, I, you know, it's not like you can put exact numbers on it and go, I get 50%, you get 50% or anything along those lines. It's just, hey, these, this is where I'm needing something. And then she's coming in providing that, me communicating those needs to her. But then in the opposite, you know, me being expected to go through and meet where her wants and needs are in there too. So you bring that into work and it's understanding that there's another human being on the other side of that. And I may not understand all the complexities that make that that person the way that that person is, but that's okay. I respect the fact that you are an entirely different person and that you think about things entirely different from me. And what I'd like from you is you to tell me like through open communication, okay, what is it, what is it that your wants and needs are? And then I will communicate back to you like, hey, I can be at this meeting, I can't be at this meeting. Where do you need help? Where do you not need help? And then we're both kind of communicating back and forth to create a team in the middle of there that's not like, okay, like the typical hierarchical structure of like, I'm a manager, I give work to you down over here and then you go through and you do the work. It's no, we're working together towards a common goal. And that's that works way better for me than just oh, hey, I'm just gonna delegate everything down to you and then I'm just gonna kind of sit here and not do anything. Makes sense. We've reached the midway point of this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom that can help you work smarter to level up faster. Speaking of which, have a follow-up question or future topic request? Email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com 
so we can get to work on creating content that'll help you get wherever you want to grow. And now, back to the discussion. Megan, how, when you became a parent, how mm. did, I mean, I can, I can think of a million things and then I'm sure there's a million things I can't think of because I've never been a parent. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, what, what are some of the biggest things that changed in terms of what you observed at work or maybe your attitude or maybe how like, you know, I, I get frustrated easy. I, but I, I look around at parents, at least externally, a lot of them are like, they seem like they're light years ahead of me and just like, I'm not going to let that bother me because it's <laughs> insignificant, right? And so I understand it, but I'm not there, you know? Yeah. So like, what are some things that maybe changed for you? Yeah, I, um, well, I think the reason why you see parents are a little more chill is because we were, the kids were fighting with us at 6 a.m. We've already <laughs> processed through our frustrations in the mornings. Um, no, I would say it's, it's fascinating to me, um, understanding, I, I felt like you were leading us to the conversation earlier about like, I knew Jonathan was going to talk about marriage because that's just, the basis relationships, like understanding people gives you such perspective. But for me, understanding toddlers, which is like a whole nother thing, right? With emotional regulation, that's really the toddler zone where I am with my my oldest daughter is regulating her emotions, which is a full-time job sometimes um, because they're still figuring out anger, sadness, happy, joy, screaming, like for happy or sad reasons, um, all those things and like trying to get them to contain those emotions in a way and process them and honestly talk to her about how like being sad's okay like feelings are good you just have to learn how to use them in a way that is productive to you and and moving through your day um and and through that i've i've read a lot of books i've watched a lot of podcasts listened to a lot of things on like how are there ways that i can regulate my emotions and how i control a situation which then brings her down in a way of like co-regulation in some ways, but remaining calm as a parent in moments of stress and frustration. Um, and some of that's just like simply breathing um, or like truly I've learned a technique where it's like you describe something in like what it looks like in detail, what it smells like in detail, random things where if I'm kind of losing my cool in a moment, I focus on that. Um, yeah, like I focus on this table is really smooth and you have to describe it in detail but it almost like brings your brain back to a way where you're logically thinking again um and i had to learn that very early on because you can't react to a three-year-old when they're freaking out um but i would say it's dramatically helped me at work too where situations are kind of crazy and chaotic i thrive in chaos so your wife and i would get along well um but just trying to remain calm cool and collected in those situations especially if you did have someone that was reporting to you that was kind of panicking over something it's like okay how can i help them realize that the world is not ending we're going to be okay let's look again at that macro bigger picture I, this is all fascinating to me because again there's there seems like some of this is just you know some of this was going to happen when you got maybe promoted or some of it's going to happen when you were around somebody who kind of taught you or shared some of these best practices. Some of it's, you're going to get to another level when you go into a relationship, become a parent, uh, even, you know, starting your career off in audit and gaining that perspective. And then you find yourself maybe in a consulting role or in industry, it's going to, that, that wisdom, that insight is going to help you appreciate, if nothing else, at least what maybe what it's like to be on the other side or another Absolutely. layer of how this problem can be solved. So you've got, there's like this abundance and never ending next level that we can get to. Um, and so, you know, I'll give you an example, you know, 
bringing, walking into an example where, you know, maybe early on it's, this is the task I have to get done. Later on, it's like, how do I help this person perform that task or more tasks at a higher level more consistently? But then there's, you know, other dynamics of like somebody's emotions and what they're going with, you know, outside of life. And what is the C-suite perspective on this? What is a client thinking when this is happening, right? There's all these layers to this where it's so easy to, to do our best with what the information we have. But, you know, a week later, something changes and we're in a different role or life changes. And we see the same thing from a completely different perspective. And we're all of these are opportunities to become a better problem solver. But sometimes in the moment, you're just you're not going to know what you don't know. And I guess I know you mentioned earlier. Just asking the question why or seeking to understand and meet the other person where they're at. Are there some other you know, I love some of your examples on like focusing, right? Just like that's that's a tool that could come in in handy. What what are some other things that wherever somebody might find themselves, CFO in industry, auditor first or second year right out of college, you know, just became a parent and is, you know, in a managerial role. What are some best practices, some actionable takeaways that people can start applying and start to get some better outcomes or maybe uncover some of those perspectives? What I like to think of, and the bit that this podcast is centered around, the different roles that we've all held, and then how that helps us in the middle of like what it is that we're doing, is the ability to look at things through different perspectives and understanding where certain limitations are and where they aren't. So there's a certain amount of self-finding that I think has to be done in the middle of there that's going, okay, what are the experiences that I've had? Like, what can I pull from over here? And what haven't I had? And what can't I pull from over here? And understanding like, where's this gap in my knowledge for things? Then you can bring that on to clients. So one of the things that you had mentioned before was roles as auditors. Well, it's an immediate value add that we bring every time it is that we come on to a client as a consultant and we help out in the accounting function is the auditors are going to be looking for this. I know what they're going to look for. I know what their work papers are going to look like. I know what they're expecting to see on the other side of this. So how do we do it in a way where not only does it accomplish what the client that I have needs, but how do I make sure that this meets the needs of you know, are they are they a public company or are they looking to go public? And then now all of a sudden they have to change the different requirements that they have. So this has to meet things in accordance with GAP. So now all of a sudden I have to do things in this particular way. So that way when the auditors come in, they're going to find this thing and they're going to think about it from that and everything's going to work out that way. But it's looking at things through various different perspectives. There's the quote uh, from what's it? Uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, right? Like know thine enemy. But like that's probably a very derivative way of saying like you just need to be able to take in a bunch of different perspectives and understand like okay the cfo has wants and needs and these are what their wants and needs are the you know this accounting manager has wants and needs and this is what their wants and needs are controller has these wants and needs and this is what their wants and needs are oh and then on top of that they're going to have they're trying to do this implementation so the people over on this side of this implementation want to see these different things and then this person over here like what what's motivating everybody and what's what's driving everybody to try to get what it is that they're getting how do they think about things and then now that i know how they think about things now i can sit there and go okay when i create this thing or when i'm communicating with this person i need to make sure that we're highlighting these different things so that way they 
are getting what it is that they want to see, or at least they feel seen and heard in the middle of that. So now all of a sudden you're forming good relationships with people and things go along a lot more smoothly. I would add like what we covered here is I think there's two ways, right? There's like through experience, through repetition, and then there's through the process of gaining knowledge. So listening to people in an example like this, talking about perspective, reading a book, um, communicating with them, that that's the way to gain it through knowledge and also through building relationships, right? And genuine relationships with asking them like, what is what's going you know wrong in your day to day? Like, what's the most difficult thing you're facing this quarter? What's what's something that's going really well? Just like asking those questions to gain that perspective from those people that you're building relationships with. That to me is the knowledge piece. And then the repetition side is you putting yourself in different situations to gain that different perspective, like putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, trying something new. You know, sometimes that's forced upon you. We've talked about promotions and motherhood and marriage, um, all those things. It just kind of forces you into a different situation. But maybe it's I just joined the PTA recently. Like that's going to be a new challenge for me as a mom and juggling that. Um, you know, at work I've joined internal initiatives that have pushed me out of my comfort zone. I know you've done that at Embark too. It's like learning how to juggle and also learning how the other side, you and I have worked together on marketing stuff. Like I have no idea what you dealt with until I kind of dipped my toe in and, and saw that side of the world. So joining, you know, we have got director of fun here who runs all culture stuff. I've done that in the past. And now I know exactly what those people are dealing with because I've sat in those shoes. But even from a personal standpoint, you could you know, join a volunteer committee. Um, you could find other ways and join different groups. Um, honestly, be the leader of anything, your intramural team, um, which would give you perspective of like trying to just bring people together. So those are repetitions that you could take charge of, even if it's not in your direct job. That's great advice. I mean, as, as somebody, if I'm being honest with myself, I might create some limitations because it's, well, maybe I don't feel like doing that, right? But I think like even you just saying, maybe the reason to go do that is for nothing else is to just go put yourself in a completely different environment and then see what happens because there's going to be something. And then, oh, by the way, maybe you'll make a new friend or maybe that relationship two years later will open up a door. But there's knowledge to be had by putting yourself in that position. And like even maybe you're not a leader, but that doesn't mean you can't go get leadership reps yeah. right now in a different way. For sure. Um, I the last question, unless either of you have some more questions, but I'm I'm curious. So we've talked about a lot of the different hats that you've worn, um, and I'll, I'll give you the uh, time frame of um, I don't know. Let's just say like the last week. Is there something that you can think of that you're comfortable sharing that is maybe a situation that you encountered and then I would be curious to know at some point in the past how would you have approached that and then how did you approach it now just just so that our listeners can appreciate problem solving using this perspective problem solving using this perspective times a few others I mean, you got to give me a minute to think about it so the yeah, last week I've been the same okay <laughs> uh, a month client challenge, uh, 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 which I'm sure happened. You know, to uh, mine's, mine's probably not going to be specific to work. A lot of what I've, I think I've talked about on this, and I've probably talked about it in like previous podcasts, is a knowledge of self, which had to happen. And that happened like my late 20s. Like it just 
learning things about who am I? Like, what are the things that I like? And what are the things that I do that I don't like? Like, what are like doing an actual sitting down with a journal and being like, what is it that we want to be? What is it that we want to do? And like, how are we going to be able to get there? Um, that didn't happen until like late twenties and like early twenties, it was just like, okay, I'm just kind of like going through and people tell me I got to go do this thing. So I go do the thing. And then it's like, okay, but is that in line with what your wants, goals, like needs are as a human, generally speaking. And then also you can apply this to career stuff as well. Like, is this going to be able to get you to where it is that you eventually want to end up going? So what I know I've experienced is there's just been a lot of things that have been happening in, I'll say the past month, it's probably been longer than that, that are just, it's unexpected stuff that just comes up in life and it just hits you. And it's like, now nah, I got to go deal with this thing that's going on. Yesterday it was, I looked down at my tires on the front of my car and I'm like, they're bald. Okay. I, now I got to go and I got to take my car in and I got to be able to do this stuff. Past me, that probably would have been a freak out moment of just like, what am I going to do? Anxiously calling up like a bunch of different things, like trying to fit like how, like this is the center of my universe right now. And I need to solve this thing that's going on right now. And it did occupy quite a bit of my brain space, but I did go through and there were other things that I was doing at the time. And a big question that I was asking myself in the moment was like, okay, well, what can you do about it? Like right now? And it was like, you can't, all I could do was call up to, you know, the auto shop and just be like, Hey, I think the tires on my car are bald and they're like, okay, yeah, take it in tomorrow morning. So that's so, okay. Now what I go through and do is like bring out my journal for the next day and sit there and go, okay, how am I going to structure my day in order to be able to get the car into the shop? So that way now all of a sudden like I can, I can do that in the morning and then I can get on the train. I can take the train down to work and like just mapping out my day. Cause I know about myself that I need that rigid structure and I need to know like what it is, what it is that I'm going to be doing. So, I have to create that for myself like over time in order to be able to get there. So past me probably would have looked at things in this very just unstructured, like just reacting to everything kind of way versus now it's just like take a step back, survey the space that exists and then go, okay, let's try to figure this thing out. Like it's a problem. I get it, but we're going to try to figure it out. And once we figured it out, like it's going to be fine, but we just got to, we just got to get there. So past you, present you both end up in the same place. You, you fix your tires, mm -hmm. right? But past you is like manufacturing stress and anxiety mm -hmm. and letting it consume all, all this energy that isn't necessarily being funneled towards the solution. Yeah. But then to your point, knowing yourself a little bit better over time, that was a problem you were presented with. And you, it's like you solved it more efficiently, managed your energy. And then I imagine there's that unlocked opportunities for you to also get other things done that maybe made you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And there's, this isn't unusual. Like we've seen it in so many different situations. I think we just don't look at it through the same lens. For example, like breaking up with like your first, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, like when you're, you know, a kid, like it's devastating because that was your entire world, like was invested into this thing. Like messing up on a work paper early on in your career. It's like, oh my God, that was my entire world that was going on right there. And I just destroyed all, like it's so minute so early on in your career. And then when you get 
all these different experiences through length of time. And it's like, oh, okay, well, some of it's like this. And you know, some of these experiences are intentional, some of them aren't, but through length of time, all of a sudden you're grabbing from a bunch of different places and you go, oh, well, that thing that I was looking at that I thought was so important, that was just like a small piece of a much, much greater whole. And okay, yeah, we messed that thing up and then we had to learn from that. And then we had to come back from that thing over here, but then we did a good job over here. and. Like, how do I manage all these different things? And it's just like, eventually over time, you just get to this perspective bit that's like, okay, yeah, this thing, if all, if my entire world is my tires on my car, then yeah, it's gonna be incredibly anxiety inducing, but my entire world is not the tires on my car. So now let's look at it from a broader lens. It is It is pretty cool when you like, you you know, maybe when you're not as enlightened, but in the moment you're like, oh, my world is over. This day is this week. This month is just not going well. It's horrible. It's like a, a movie closing with like a dark ending. But then the next day, the sun comes up. Hey, yeah. oh, wow. Another chance, another opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, everything was going to be okay. Um, I'm curious to hear your answer. I, 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 I came up with We've a good one. You, as you, you did okay. buy me some time. I appreciate it. I've got a good one. <laughs> um, mine's around feedback. So we just did 360 feedback and I can remember previous jobs. Um, I think we called them snapshots back in the day. Um, I hated getting feedback. I would send it to the minimum amount of people possible. I dreaded it. I think it's the perfectionist in me a little bit of like, I just didn't, I didn't want to get anything negative, right? Like in the beginning of your career, anything negative means you're doing a bad job. And quite frankly, I think most of us thought we were going to get fired if we had any kind of, you know, negativity coming out. Um, this time with feedback, I was honestly shocked at how much I, I mean, in another way, but I, I picked as many reviewers as possible and I couldn't wait to see what weaknesses they put down for me of like, where do I need to improve? Like, what are the things that my teammates are seeing where I have to grow? Um, and it was just, it's just like a wild experience looking back to the beginning of thinking, you know, feedback back then and how much I dreaded it to now I was actually really looking forward to hearing where I could become a better leader, a better coach, a better mentor, um, where I could improve in, in my professional life. And it was just like a really cool experience to see that. You know, if, if I'm being, make myself a little bit vulnerable here, I would say that I have not graduated to that yet, right? There's, there's still a part of me that's like, I, I view it and I'm like, dang it, I let somebody down, right? Or it's like, oh, that's won't be perceived as good, right? Yeah. Hearing you talk through that, I can't argue against any of the logic because the way you present it is like, those all are great opportunities. That isn't actually a bad thing. That's a, a chance for growth. So the same situation, but even just hearing you talk through it, right? It's like, wow. Maybe I'm being a little bit hard on myself. So, you know, maybe that's another thing is just seeking out some people that you can talk to or, you know, uh, yeah. even a conversation with a friend. I know I've shared stuff with you before and like even and just being around you for that 30 seconds right there was like, oh, I just absorbed something that at least will challenge the way I'm thinking and maybe help me appreciate that there's a completely different context for the exact same situation and how I choose to approach it. Yeah. Can create opportunities or create anxiety. <laughs> yep. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves too of like being so perfect, right? Instead of realizing that we're all evolving human beings. And so just because someone tells you, hey, there's an improvement point that we want to talk about over the last quarter doesn't mean you're bad at communication, but maybe over the last quarter you've been busy with things outside of life or my schedule's been crazy and my communication has been really lacking. And so someone just pointing that out of like, hey, 
this is something I've noticed. And it's like, oh, shoot, I'm actually really good at that. But I must have been dropping the ball over the last couple months. I need to refocus and figure out how I can improve in that one spot. But doesn't make us, you know, bad human beings or bad at our job. It's just an area where we can improve. And we can't be perfect in every area of our life as much as we try. Um, so that's it was a fresh perspective, honestly, that I was shocked in myself this last round. Well, it makes me feel good actually to hear it. Like I can feel good. I'm like, wow, I can actually feel good talking about that. There is one one other area that I, I just, before I forget, you know, I, I think as we have these experiences and as we gain these perspectives, there's one other area where maybe like our creative problem solving, like because, because we're able to look at the same mm -hmm. thing through those different lenses or maybe, you know, because I did this before I'm doing this, right? So maybe my colleagues and I are all doing the same job today, but because my path to this point was a little bit different than theirs uh, and theirs different than mine, I might propose a different solution <laughs> to the table and vice versa. So I'm wondering if, 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 if have you noticed any um, additional output or uh, from just, you know, from that standpoint? Some of my favorite people to work with are people who don't have college degrees or like don't have a traditional path into um, like what it is that we do. And a lot of the people that I work around, like a lot of the people in the BT section of things, like if you just, just go up to some of those guys and just ask them like, hey, what did you, what name all the jobs that you did before? And they'll like, it'll be so wild, the different jobs that everybody's had in their past. And it's just all over the place. And a big part of that is those people typically have had to find a way to make things work in order to be able to get their job to the place that it is today. And it doesn't look like not no two people's paths look exactly the same. And so many times we get on engagements with those people and they're focused in on all the right things. They're asking questions where it's just like, hey, like, I don't know, you're using this this term, you're using an acronym, you're using a phrase, like, I've never heard that before, what is that? And then it's like, okay, great, because I didn't know that either, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're supposed to know, or you feel like you're supposed to know that, so then you're too afraid to ask that question, and then it's just like, sometimes it's just somebody just coming in and just being like, yeah, I'll just play dumb, like, what, what, what is that? I don't know what that thing is, or, you know, and then, but as soon as you open that up and you admit that, then all of a sudden it opens up spots for you to be like, okay, now all of a sudden we can have an honest conversation about like what it is that's supposed to be going on here. And then we can actually fix the problem that we're trying to fix. A lot of times like doing those things that you feel like make you look bad are the things that actually make you look good because that means that you're actually trying to solve what's going on at the end of the day rather than sitting there and trying to just be like, you know, put up this veneer that is like, oh, I, I look a particular way, I talk a particular way, I'm saying this, but actually what I'm saying is absolute nothing like in the middle of this. So I don't know, it, it's, it's, I think people bringing in those perspectives and understanding like what you want at the end of the day is to get this job done. And what I want is to do that job for you. So how do we do that? I just find a lot of times people with like varied backgrounds, like that's that's always what it is that they come down to at the end of the day is like, I'm trying to do a good job for you. Like, how do I do a good job for you? Yeah, I would totally reiterate that. And, and also say like the cool thing I like about being in consulting is people from so many different practice lines, BTE, I'm a FAS background. Um, 
someone's been recently teaching me how I need to be using, utilizing chat GBT. And so it's just, I'm learning all kinds of new things, but it's like hearing from people that are way more involved in technology than I am. Um, I don't know, you, you learn new tools and, um, it's, it's fascinating just kind of leaning into those different perspectives. And I, you know, I think on the flip side of that, there's a, I think it's possible to be very successful doing things a certain way within a specific function or, or industry or whatever. Right. But there does come a point in time that the day when you stop getting new information or stop seeking the new technology or, or heck, even the value of saying I'm, I'm a master, you know, or perceived that way anyway, at doing this in this space. What if I went and spent a week with people who do something completely different, right? And I, the, the thing that comes to my mind is I remember being in California and then going to a sushi place and they had like the conveyor belt. And I'm like, okay, these are two simple things, sushi and then the airport luggage carousel. And all somebody did was like somehow pair those two things together. And it's, and genius. it's like, it's genius. I love it. Like it's genius, right? But if, if the restaurateur doesn't, you know, travel and take that idea or however it happened, right? It's not rocket science, but mixing those two things together unlocked a new opportunity and then customers enjoyed it. And then now that model's getting repeated in different places. So I think, you know, and you've made me think of this a few times throughout today's conversation, but, you know, being, we're all surrounded with these opportunities, but only to the extent with which we may be open to hearing those different perspectives and an opportunity may be right in front of us. So appreciate both of your perspectives today. I mean, I learned some things that I'll be practicing and I hope our audience did as well. But uh, uh, Megan, Jonathan, thanks so much for your time and insights as always and look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I hope you got a ton of value from our panel and choose to transform their insights into action and unstoppable momentum. If you have a follow-up question or a future topic request, please email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com. That's podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll get you wherever you want to grow. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom to help you work smarter and level up faster. And lastly, if you're a repeat listener, consider supporting the show with a five-star rating so those algorithms can expand our reach and impact. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Cheers.